What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcast. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup, make a lineup on DraftKings has excitement every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap. Sit back and watch the points pile up. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now, all you... Now, all you need to do to play is download the DraftKings app and sign up using the promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Again, promo code THPN. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Kings fans and Hawks fans, and welcome to episode 27 of season 2 of the Kingston, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode 27 of season 2. I believe it's episode 97 overall. Thank you so much for kicking it with us from the start, or whether you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us. Episode 27 of season two lots to talk about with the la kings here in this episode three games to talk about the wednesday night's game against arizona and then the two games against st louis also last episode i hope you really enjoyed the interview with russell morgan i thought it was an awesome interview i got a got a, got a lot of good positive feedback on it so i really hope you the fan really enjoyed that as well but now let's sit, let's get to the kings from this week starting wednesday night our we it wasn't a part of Thursday's episode, it's part of this episode, Wednesday night's game, 
a 3-2 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. Tough loss to the Coyotes. No goals in the first period of this game. The Kings played, like, it's been a bit of, bit of a weird week for the LA Kings. You know, they go 1-1-1 one, one, and one over these three games. The uh, win against St. Louis, overtime loss against St. Louis, and then this regulation loss against Arizona. But, like, they played well every game. Sometimes there was just mental lapses, and there was one in this game. But for the most part, the Kings played well in this first game against Arizona. They, they you got Sometimes you just got to tip your cap, and you have to to anti-ranta in this game, the Coyotes goaltender. I mean, uh... Kings had 42 shots on him. He made 40 saves in the game. Sometimes you just have to keep your tap, keep your tap, tip your cap to a uh, to a player or a goaltender, and you have to here, man. Like there was no goals in the first period. The Kings outshot the Coyotes 11 to seven in the first period, but no goals in the first period. Then you get to the second period. That's where the goals happen and where the mental laps happen for the Kings. So first of all, the the what's been so good for the Kings this season, the kinda. Was a lapse for them this season. The penalty or this game, the penalty kill, allowing two goals, two power play goals to the Coyotes. The Kings don't do that. That was something different, something you don't see very often. But it started with Keller scores on the power play, his seventh of the season. That made it one to nothing for the Coyotes at the time, sneaking one past Jonathan Quick. But then just a few minutes later, they exchanged power play goals. Doughty in that usual one-time spot that he loves, right by the right hand circle, passed. Pass from Kempe down to Doughty, who fired it past around to that made it one to one at the time. Kopitar got the second assist on that, his 20th of the year. He's been just a beast this week. But then it seemed like the goals came fast and furious in this period because just a few minutes later, Nick Schultz scores his seventh of the year. That made it two to one for the Coyotes. That was another power play goal, a bit of a defense, a bit of a lapse on the power play as well. So those were the two power play goals that the Kings allowed. But then the real mistake you allow the power play goal. It's 2-1 to one for the Coyotes. 13 seconds later, bad turnover by Ole Mata and Michael Amadio. It was Amata's pass to, that skipped over the stick of Amadio right to Larson. He put it past, quick, past Jonathan Quick. Quick was nowhere near ready for this. Larson gets his third of the year. That makes it 3-1 to one at the time. It just lapses like that. Like You just can't allow two goals in 13 seconds. You just can't. That's what hurts teams. That's what hurt the Kings in this game as they allow two goals in 13 seconds. It was 3-1 to one for the Coyotes after the second period. But then the the Kings like outshot the Coyotes in the period 12 or 13-12. to 12. It was just a bad mental lapse by the Kings in the period that cost them. And then you get to the third period. Kings battled back. Kings battled back to tie the game. Outshot. They dominated the third period. They outshot the Coyotes 18-4 in the third period. The Kings this week... Slow starts, but great finishes in this game. They had a good start in this game against Arizona, but we'll get to the St. Louis games in a second about slow starts. But great finishes. And again, they didn't have quite enough in this game, but they gave it everything that they could against Ranta. Ranta just had a hell of a third period. Uh, again, like I said, the Kings outshot the Cody's 18-4 in the third period. Uh, they did get one within... They did get within one. Sorry, with six minutes left to go, Velarde a tip-in from Mikey Anderson. Athanasio gets a second assist. Really nice play here. Carter was right there as well. In front of that, Velarde tips it past. It just sneaks past Ranta. That made it 3-2 to two at the time. Uh, we really got to talk more about Gabe Velarde and how much he's coming into his own. We have a lot, but he just gets more impressive every game. And that line has been so impressive of him, Carter, and Athanasio. 
it's but it's been a lot of fun to watch. They've been great since they've been put back together, and it's been awesome to see. But yeah, Velarde gets his sixth of the year, but it just wasn't enough as the LA Kings lost to the Arizona Coyotes three to two in this game. Like I said, Ranta easily the first star in this game. Doughty the second star in this game. Trichin the third star in this game. Doughty had a good game in this game. The one thing I will say the power the penalty kill let the Kings down in this game, which is a rarity, a rarity. Something that was good in this game, like, of course, great battle. They played well, just couldn't come up with the two points, 42 shots on net. You'll go for that any any night. But also, the face-off circle, 62.5% in the face-off circle. That's a great, great night for the LA Kings. But again, they just could not find a way. Just the one, one defensive lapse hurt them. And just speaking on the game quickly on what, uh, here's what Velarde had to say about the game. He just said, uh, just about the two goals in 13 seconds. He said, on the bench, it's tough. You just get out there, and right away they score another one, so it's a double blow. It sucks, but we outshot them. I thought we played pretty well, honestly. Obviously, or honestly, obviously there's still a lot of things we can clean up, and we'll we'll see that tomorrow, probably in video. But what, But this this one kind of sucks. This one kind of sucks, honestly. That's what I already talking about, how you can't allow two goals in 13 seconds. And then just talking about five-on-five five play and how it's been... And how it's been, he said, I thought we didn't play too badly. If you look at the shots, it was like, wow, we were on them all. We were on them all, and then there's a 13-second span. That goal ends up killing us. Overall, I thought we played pretty well, but we've got to find ways to score goals here. You can't expect to win every night scoring two goals. Quickie and Cal, they're both unreal, but we've got to score goals and find a way to score more goals. It just, it can't just come from Kopi's line. I'm speaking about my line in general. We've got to find a way to score goals out here. There's a lot more, there's a lot more we think we can do, I think. And obviously there is. Like, and that, his line has been playing well for the most part. It's just sometimes the goalie gets hot. Sometimes the goalie plays well. And that's what happened on this night is Ranta kind of stole one for the Arizona Coyotes in this game. And just talking about uh, what head coach Tom McClellan had to say about the game and just, uh, yeah, just about the game. He said, first of all, you've got to tip your hat to their goaltender. He played well. But we also made him look well, sometimes our second period performance wasn't that good. In fact, we weren't sharp for a lot of the night. If you think the opportunities they had, even before they scored the first goal coming off our tape, opportunities to move the puck out of the zone, advance it even 10 or 15 feet to get the momentum going the other way, we were just slow again with pucks. We spent the last two days in practice trying to pick the pace up with puck movement and coming out clean, and it bit us again tonight. And then, just speaking on the penalty kill, he said, obviously the penalty kill let us down tonight. We made two critical mistakes, and they capitalized on the mistakes that that we saw last year on our penalty kill. We think we corrected them, and they creep back in. So we've got to, we've got work to do there. Our inability to get clears was something we, we were really disappointed in. We couldn't get fresh bodies out there because we didn't win. We didn't get the puck out of the way at all. So again, that's what it was. So that's what that's what killed the Kings on the penalty kill on Wednesday night was they just couldn't get the puck out. And it was creeps of the penalty kill last year. But honestly, this it's one game. Like the penalty kill has been way better for the for the majority of the season. And sometimes it happens. And then. Just talking about the resilient third period, getting or out shooting Arizona 18 to 4, but not quite being able to complete the comeback. He said, I think it's in the DNA of our team. Prior to me even getting here, the five veterans who won Stanley Cups, uh, they have that in them. It just sprinkles and spreads through, and it makes our job as coaches much easier when you have those types of people that are that have that quality already in, already in them. Every time somebody asks me that question, there's the other side of the equation. 3 nothing Minnesota, 3 nothing Minnesota, 3-1 Arizona. It's great that we have that trait of crawling back and playing hard, but why are why are we getting to three on the wrong end so quick? We've got to figure that part out. So again, 
The Kings have been getting down early. But honestly, they've been getting down, but the start was good in this game. It's a start that wasn't good against St. Louis. So honestly, it wasn't like he says it was slow. It wasn't that bad of a game. It was just Ranta played well. Ranta played well. Yeah, there were some mistakes by the team, but Ranta played well for the Coyotes in the game, game and took that one 3-2. But then you get to Friday night. The Kings play back-to-back against the St. Louis Blues Friday night and Saturday night. And finally, we talked about it with, with Russell Morgan last episode. I talked about it before. Hashtag play the kids. Rasmus Kupari finally gets to make his NHL debut, debut and he did on Friday night. Playing with Kempe and more on the third line. Really really getting a chance to see him play. And it was awesome to see him get his get his chance as well. But again, in this game, it's the slow start that kills the LA Kings. Just over two minutes in, David Prawn an absolute snipe past Cal Peter oh no, slap shot past Cal Peterson on the power play. That made it one to nothing early on. And again, the early power play. Hurts, hurts you as well. It was a too many men penalty. Like, that's a penalty you shouldn't take. And David Prone absolutely snipes one past Cal Peterson. That made it one to nothing just over two minutes in. And again, it's a power play there. It's a penalty kill again. You can't be giving up a too many men penalty that early in the game. That's just poor, poor communication. But then later on in the first period, this is one of the best goals I, th- I think I've seen the Kings score in a while. Just Taking advantage of a turnover, Carter over to Bornfoot. Bornfoot brings it up, gets to Athanasiu, who waits perfectly. And the key here on this goal, honestly, he doesn't get a point on it, but the key here on this goal is Velarde cutting up the middle, bringing a defenseman with him. Carter's wide open on the other side. This pass by Athanasiu is one of the best I've seen in a long time. Cross-ice pass to Carter, who cuts it to the net and gets it past Huso. That made it one-to-one at the time. Carter's fifth of the year. Honestly, it's one of the nicer goals I've seen in a long time. Was like The pass was unreal, but also the play by Velarde just to cut through the middle was really, really nice. Oh, that was in the second period. Sorry, my bad. That was late, later in the second period, but it was back and forth in this game. Again, it was a slow start for the Kings, but they battled back. Carter ties it late in the second period with, again, just this beautiful goal. And then you get to the third period. Early in the third period, this is where this is this usually happens to the Kings. It's nice when the Kings are actually doing it to other teams. 37 seconds in to the third period, Dustin Brown, a power play goal that made it 2 1 for the Kings at the time. Kopitar with the assist on the goal. Brown's 12th of the year. He's tied for, I believe, it's seventh in the league in goals with his 12. He's up there. He's tied with uh, it's Besser of the Canucks to Brinkhead of the Blackhawks and one more, I think. But his 12th of the year, that made it 2-1 to one at the time. But then the empty net, the pressure by the Blues late in the game. We've seen this before. When the, Sometimes the Kings struggle when it's 6-on-5 when the extra man is out there. And you could see that in this game, late in the game. Uh, David Perron, 2nd of the game, ninth of the year, gets it past uh, Peterson. That made it 2-2 two two with 44 seconds left. And again, this is a bit of a scramble play. Scramble breakout. Honestly, Hoffman does a great job to block out Kopitar down in the King's end. Who gets it up to uh, O'Reilly. Who gets it to Perron. Who got one. It was, again, a bit of a scramble play. But he just... Peterson didn't see it coming at all. And Perron snapped it past 
Peterson that made it two to two, and that would force overtime in this game. And then you go to overtime. It's a delayed penalty for the Kings, so it's four on three for the Blues, and they use it to their advantage as Krug gets it over to Hoffman, who one times it past Cal Peterson, and that made it three to two for the St. Louis Blues. They win three to two in overtime. One point for the Kings. It would have been nice to get two, but just one point for the Kings in this game. Obviously, Perron's the first start of this game and his two goals. Dustin Brown was the second star of the game with his goal, and O'Reilly was the third star of this game. Again, the slow start hurt the Kings, but they did a great job battling the back. Outshot the Blues 30-22 to in uh, in this game. Had 10-10 uh, were the shots in, in the third period. There was just one shot in overtime, the one that went in, but Again, it was the Kings had a good first period except for the first couple minutes. They all shot the Blues twelve to six in the first period, but again the slow start just absolutely killed them. Kings were the more phys- or Blues were the more physical team in this game, twenty seven hits compared compared to the Kings just fifteen hits. But the blocks for the Kings in this game thirteen block shots that's great to see from this team as well. The face off circle hurt the Kings in this game as well as the Blues won fifty four point three percent of. The faceoffs, and of course, both teams had a power play goal, like mentioned in this game. So the Kings or the Blues take that one, three to two. The Kings get one point out of it. And just speaking about this game, oh, also in this game, Kupari he looked a little timid at the start of the game, but he really got comfortable in it and improved. You saw him making some moves. He he had one good drive to the net. It was awesome to see him get comfortable in his first game. And it's you, sometimes you'll see a rookie get a little timid when he plays his first NHL game and just on him on Kupari playing in his first NHL game he said unfortunately we lost but I think we were I think we did a lot of good things with our line and the whole team we got some chances I tried to keep it simple use my speed and get the forecheck going I thought that when our line did that we got a couple of good chances a couple of times and I'm pretty sure next game we'll score on those so yeah they played well the line of Kempe Kupari and War they did play well and honestly putting Kempe with him I think was kind of a spark, can be kind of a spark for Kempe, because Kempe's still getting power play time, but he's been struggling a bit lately, and seeing him play with a new face, honestly, might kind of reset him and help him with that, and I like the move, putting them together. And then Kapari just taking on uh, the differences between the AHL compared to the NHL now, he said, of course, the game's a little faster, but I think it's more organized here. Guys are smarter, more skilled, so I think that can be a good thing for me as well. I think it helped my game. And then just on... Uh, just getting encouragement from his teammates before his debut. He said, I think the whole team said congrats to me and they helped me through the day. On the ice, I had to say that I had to say that the whole team, lots of different guys. I'm very thankful for the team and the coaching staff. And then just talking about, you know, every rookie gets a solo lap on the ice for warm-ups. He said, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a moment I will never forget. I was in line there and Kopi just told me to go ahead and I got a couple of laps by myself. It was, it was totally something that I will remember for the rest of my life. So again, just a classic the rookie getting his one lap to start warm-ups is just awesome to see and awesome to see Kapari get his first NHL game and again first NHL game he didn't play poorly and it played played pretty well the line played pretty well Kapari ended with with a shot on goal two hits and just over 10 minutes of ice time he was pretty and he was the good he was the main guy in the face-off circle for the Kings, he was a good one, seven over seventy-one percent in the face-off circle. So he had a good game in his first career NHL game for Rasmus Kupari. And then just head coach Tom McClellan on the game, he said, uh, he said just the team was too aggressive on uh, with the when the Blues net was empty late in the game there. But then 
He said, when I look at the game, I think of too, the too many men on the ice penalty right off the bat. That line that line that took the penalty wasn't even hadn't even been on the ice yet, so that's unacceptable. You've got to know who you're going for and when to go. We had a couple of those early in, early in the year, and it hurt us. At the back end of the game, the last minute, we chased empty netter, and we didn't need to. We needed one to be aggressive, two maybe to help, and three to be safe, We and we weren't that. You take these moments out of the game, and I thought we played a pretty good night. So again, sometimes it's just the mental lapses for this young LA Kings team, and it was in this game. In Arizona, it was the 13 seconds. In this game, it was the very start of the game and the very end of the game. But those things are going to happen for a young transitioning team. And then just talking about the uh, what the message is going to be to the team between this Friday night game and the Saturday night game against the Lose, he said, we'll always... We'll do what we always do. We'll look at the video. We've got to fix things that need to be fixed, whether it's individually or collectively. Even the penalty to start the game with. That's not, there's not much you can do or say with that individual right now. He knows it. He, he feels really bad about it. That's just make sure it doesn't happen again. To me, it's just not being sharp. Again, it's unacceptable, but it's a team game and guys makes, make mistakes in a team game. And that's that's true. That's true. And then just what head coach Tom McClellan thought about Rasmus Kupari's debut. He said, pretty solid night. A little nervous to begin with, but who wouldn't be? And then he settled in. He was good in the circle. He was responsible in his own end, and I thought he forechecked. He had a couple of good scoring chances. That's a pretty good night for a 20-year-old in his first in his first one. And yeah, like I said, I agree. He was a little timid to start the game, but he played pretty well. So congrats to Rasmus Kupari on his first NHL game. And then you get to Saturday night. And you want to talk about this game, Saturday night against the St. Louis Blues. This was the King season in a nutshell, pretty much. Because the Kings, they love to have slow starts, and then they love to battle back. And this is a young team with a great leadership group that loves to battle back and loves to create their own chances and loves to... They feel like there's... They feel like the underdogs, you know? And they had the slow start once again, but they came back in a big way in this game. So let's just get it started right away. Just... Not a good start for the LA Kings. They were down. Man. What did I just say as well? I said the Kings love allowing goals early in periods or late in games. Late in periods. And they don't do it very much. They did it again in this game. David Perron 10 seconds in. or Sorry. His 10th of the year. 25 seconds into the game. Two straight games. David Perron scores on the Blues first shot of the game. That made it one to nothing early. Just 25 seconds in, a snapshot past Jonathan Quick. That made it one to nothing for the St. Louis Blues early on. And then you get, uh, then just a few minutes later, Walker for the Blues. Don't get him confused with Sean Walker and the Kings. Walker for the Blues makes it two to nothing. And people say this was to, uh, Toby Bornfoot's fault. This was not Tobias Bornfoot's fault. Yeah, he got aggressive with Bless coming up the, uh, who had the puck. But if you look at it, Walker's got to get back. Sean Walker, that is. He has to get back on the play. And I believe it was, there was someone else, I don't remember off the top of my head, who has to get back on that play as well. And they just don't. Walker doesn't get back. And, and, and the other Kings player doesn't get back. And it ends up in the back of the net. Like, Bornfoot made a move. He was aggressive. And it hurt him a little bit. But that the goal is not his fault. He was trying something. It didn't work out. But there has to be other people there. Sean Walker has to be there. The, the forward has to get back and be there. I saw fans tweeting that this was Toby Bornsfoot's fault. It's not. 
Yes, he got aggressive. Yes, he got beat. It wasn't his fault. Someone else has to get back there as well. And then just a few, uh, about seven minutes later, O'Reilly on the power play makes it 3 to nothing. Wrist shot in front. Great play from Shen to get it to O'Reilly. That made it 3 to nothing. Not again. This was maybe the worst start out of the three games for the LA Kings. And after that 3 nothing goal, you saw the body language on this team. And they were kind of like, oh my god, here we go again. Sort of thing. But what does this team do? They fight back. They fight back. They fight back. Two minutes after the O'Reilly goal, Kopitar scores his 50th, his fifth of the year to get back within one. Just a little short side, blocker side on or past Jordan Bennington. That made it 3-1 to one for the Kings. Kopitar's fifth of the year from Ayafalo and Mikey Anderson. And I just got to say, Jordan Bennington isn't that good. He just isn't. He has too much of a he has a bit of a mental head case, as a lot of people know. He was fighting he wanted to fight the whole San Jose Sharks team last week. So he's like we'll get to like there's not enough to describe Jonathan Bennington or Jordan Bennington. Anyways, it was three one for the Blues after the first period. Kopitar's hit his fifth of the year, brought it within one, and then you go most of the second period without goals. Uh shots were eight eight in the second period. Uh, the Kings actually outshot the Blues 12-11 to in the first period, despite being down 3-1. to But then you get to the second period, no goals for a while, and then the Kings surge late in the second period. Power play, Kopitar, his sixth of the year from Ayafalo and Doughty. That made it 3-2 to at the time. It was actually, uh, it's too bad that Kempe didn't get an assist on this, but it was a great tip pass by Ayafalo. So Doughty has it on the left side, puts it across to... Ayafalo, who tips it to Kopitar for a perfect one-timer past Bennington. Bennington had no idea where the puck was. was way too late on the play. That made it 3-2. Kopitar, second of the game, sixth of the, of the year. That made it 3-2. And then the Kings get goals late in the period. During a change, Kopitar's still on the ice. He's on the ice as Grunstrom and Luff come back come on the ice, the fourth line, but Kopitar stays out there. Kopitar's staying behind the net. No one's really coming at him. Matt Luff, great bumper play here. He's at the net in front of the net. He kind of goes back to between the circles, try, creates space, finds a soft area. Kopitar gets it to Luff. He rips it past Bennington. That tied it at three. Luff's first of the year, and just an insane pass by Kopitar. And what a night for Kopitar. Two goals, one assist, just another three-point night. Could he be going for the Hart Trophy? Kopitar, he very, he very could be, very much well could be. He's been the best player in the North Division this season. I'll tell you that right now. He has been the best player in the North Division. But Matt Luff, his first of the year from Kopitar, that made it 3-3 three to three going into the third period. And there were no goals in the third period, but the Kings dominated play, outshot the Blues 11-6 in this game. Uh, I believe it was Justin Falk ripped one from his own blue line on Jonathan Quick. Uh, in the final seconds of the third period, and the Kings broadcasters joked that that was the best Kings chance of the third period. So the Kings had a great third period, but couldn't get one past Bennington. So it went to overtime, tied at three, and then in overtime, Adrian Kempe on the power play. Great, great play of Vlardy and Walker with the assists. It turned into a two-on-one. It was a great play by Walker to get it up to Vlardy, and Vlardy, Vlardy and Kempe just came on Two on one. Velarde used his skill. I told you. 
This kid is a beast. He is going to be a great, great player for the Kings. Like I said, he's getting better each and every game. And he just used his time, patience, and skill here on Tory Krug. Waited until the last second until Krug made a move on him. Passed it through Krug's legs to Kempe, who got it past Bennington. And that gave the LA Kings the 4-3 win. So again, 1-1-1 one, one, one in their last three games. 1-0-1-1 one, oh, one, one against the Blues in this mini two-game series. Kempe's sixth of the year from Velarde and Walker. That was your overtime winner as the Kings snap the four-game losing streak and beat the St. Louis Blues in this game by the score of 4-3. to three. Like I said, Kopitar, just a great game in this game. Two goals, one assist. He was the first star of the game. Adrian Kempe, the second star of the game because he had the game-winning goal. And Braden Shen was your third star of this game again. Kings doing a great job. They outshot the Blues 34-25 to in this game. They dominated this game. Each team had a power play goal. So, again, that's a little concerning for the LA Kings that the power play or penalty kill hasn't been as good of late. But the power play just keeps producing, man. They just keep scoring goals. They were 1-for-3 on the night. The Kings more aggressive in this game. 18 hits compared to 16. The Blues. This is why the Blues forced overtime in this game. 18 block shots compared to just two for the Kings in this game. You don't see that very often in this game. But uh, they get the win. They get the win. Kings now 4-1-1 one, and one against the St. Louis Blues on the season. And that's one of the teams that you thought is going to be ahead of the Kings. And they still are in the standings right now, I believe. But that's one of the... Like, you have to beat the teams better than you. Yes, the Blues are still ahead of the Kings in the standings. But that's one of the teams that you have to beat. And then and the Kings being 4-1-1 one, and one against the Blues this season, that is huge. you got to start... you got to beat the opponents. And everyone kind of thought... It's actually mentioned in an article I'm going to mention here in a second. That in this division, in this North Division, the Honda... Oh, sorry, the West Division. The Honda West Division. Everyone had... St. Louis, Vegas, Colorado penciled into the top three spots. And that is the top three spots right now. But honestly, we've talked about this. They haven't been as good as people kind of thought. Vegas has been playing real well of late. But other than that, like St. Louis and Colorado haven't been playing great. Like They're both above 500. They're in playoff spots, but they haven't been playing that great. And the Kings have been playing really well against them. But again, the Kings now 10, 8, and 5 on the season. 25 points just short of a playoff spot. Minnesota's ahead of them by two points at 13-8 and one on the season. But let's just just talking about the 4-3 overtime loss or 4-3 overtime win to the St. Louis Blues. Just Kopitar on it. He said he said on getting the power play goal and how it swung the game. He said, yeah, I mean, just the fact that they got a power play goal in the first as a as a power play unit, you just want to match that and bring this bring the special teams even. It gave us a, gave us a chance to ultimately win this game. And then just on finishing the comeback tonight, he said, if you look at yesterday and today, if you were a betting man, you'd probably have bet on us yesterday and not on us today. Hockey is sometimes a funny game, and we're happy to be on top tonight. And then just on the different looks the team offers on the power play, because the power play has been offering a lot of different looks lately. He said, it's a power play that's pretty confident confident right now. We've been able to get on the board, and, and saying that, sometimes we get caught in different spots. Everybody on the ice knows what the job is. So we've been able to throw different looks each and every night, and we've been successful so far, and it's been awesome to see. And then uh, Matt Luff on his goal in the feed from Kopitar. He said, the funny thing was, when I, when I gave it to him there, I was like, I should go change for Brownie. And then something in my head was, like just do a, just do a little butt button hook and there was a little bit of a hole luckily it worked out pretty cool to, to say on the Kopitar assisted on one of my goals when it's all said and done it was a huge goal so pretty funny moment for Matt Luff there on his goal and then 
uh, he said he also said anytime as you anytime you can help contribute, especially in a comeback win like this, it's huge. It speaks to our team's character, being down what we were and coming back and winning. Anytime I can get back in the lineup, help the team out and produce in produce in any way, whether it's just a solid couple of shifts here and there, just to get wins is nice when you're in the lineup. And so again, just love happy to be back in the lineup, happy to be producing. And then Adrian Kempe talking about his overtime winner. He said Velarde made a hell of a play in the D zone. I think a couple of guys fell and we had a three on one. I was just I was just trying to stay open for him, be an option for him if he didn't want to shoot it. He's a hell of a player, and it was a great pass by him. It would be hard to miss that. And then on, on the communication on the play, he said coming up the ice, we were kind, uh, we were kind of talking that we had a two on one or three on one, two on one, whatever you want to call it. After that, it's just that he had the puck and made a hell of a play. It was a great pass. And then just on four unanswered goals to come back for the win, Kempe said, I think going back to the first period, we played well. We gave up a couple goals early, but I think we were still in the game and had some good chances. Kobe got one there late in the first period. That was huge for our team. Special teams were big again tonight. The power play needed one. We got one. All four lines were rolling, and it was a good game. It was very nice to come back today and win after yesterday's game. So again, big, big win for the LA Kings coming back in this game. And again, all four lines have been rolling lately, and it's been awesome to see. Awesome, awesome to see for this LA Kings team. And now they have a tough week ahead. Tough week ahead. They're back on the road, four straight games, two in Anaheim, two in Colorado. I'd say you got to come out with at least, at least five points. At least five points you have to come out of in this four games. You got, and it's every, four games on the road every second day this week. You got uh, tonight against Anaheim. You got Wednesday night against Anaheim. You got Friday night against Colorado. And you got Sunday night against Colorado. And then a tough back-to-back Sunday night against Colorado. Then back at home Monday night against St. Louis. That's a tough back-to-back. But on the road this week, it's gonna. I think you have to get five out of eight points against two uh, in these four games. Two against Anaheim and two against Colorado. You have to get five out of eight points in this game. And now... Just quickly as well, before I let you go here for episode 27 of the Kingsden, I just want to go over this article. Emily Kaplan, she does great work for uh, ESPN, covering the NHL for ESPN. She had a great article about the LA Kings this week, and it was just, it was was awesome. It was a really, really good article about, are the Kings ahead of the times, ahead of their rebuild, as well as their playing? And he said, and the article's great, talking about it. First of all, it touches on how it sucks to lose guys. The veterans kind of say that. Carter says that in the article. How it sucks to lose guys, but it's time time to move on. And Rob Blake, the GM of the team, touches on it in the article as well. He says, the players are not expected to understand uh, two or three years out. They want to play, and they want to win. When you remove a Toffoli, Alec, referring to Martinez, or a Toffoli, a Martinez, referring to Alec, and a Muzzin, referring to Jake. Those are real good players who helped us win cups. When they're moved out of the dressing room to help another team, our guys need to understand what is going on. And a lot of times, they don't want to accept it right away and don't see it, but that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to want to win every single night. And again, it's been a tough spot for the Kings the last couple of years, but you see the rebuild coming. You see them playing well. And Rob Lake continued to say in the article, I think we're in a spot where we want to try to improve our team the best we can in, in any situation. And maybe not look at look that what we've had in the past where we were improving but we were improving five years on the road which wasn't much improvement to the players in the room so i'm hoping we're competitive here for the next month and a half stay in the playoff hunt and look at at improving the team for the players they want to put themselves in the position so the articles are the article emily kaplan touched on 
the points that have made the Kings the Kings this season. What has made them so impressive? Gabe Velarde. Like, what more can you say? Been playing great. Dustin Brown's reemergence. The Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick have been a dynamic duo and net. Doughty, Mikey Anderson, she touches on all of it. Tobias Bornfoot, Matt Roy, she touches on all of it, how well the team's played. And Rob Blake continues to say in the article, he said, Anderson, Dolan, Velarde, Anderson. They're all 27, tw- uh, 2017 draft picks. They are four year- that's four years ago. That's what it really takes time before you can really establish yourself in the NHL. For us, that's a blueprint. A lot of the draft picks and players we've acquired over the years have taking place since 2017 it takes time for these kids to mature play in the american league and get in that experience and when they step in they're ready and help and they want to help win hey, believe me the older guys are the first to realize if a guy can play in the nhl or not there are times we are going to try players and they're not nhl players and they're going to get a game or two because we're just not deep enough but when you actually bring in legitimately young players the veterans are the first to see it they know he's a really good player at 21 at 2021 that gives us some extra excitement so again you're, you're talking about the velardis the andersons the, the bornfoots there and so many more in the pipeline coming to this team and it's exciting exciting stuff to see really exciting stuff to see and then just talking on uh, in the article they just wanted to touch on how the kings went nine months without hockey because they weren't one of the bubble teams uh, Blake uh, Rob Blake said it was uh, it gave the veterans time to reflect and uh, gave them time to renew their competitive spark and time to heal and again it, in the article it touches on something that we've talked about a bunch Jeff Carter reflecting from the core muscle injury and Carter said the time off definitely didn't hurt us the whole group of us as older guys were able to take our time working back from things rest up and rest the mind a little bit and it says Carter feels invigorated, which I totally agree, in a mentorship role and playing with Velarde. And uh, <laughs> Velarde said in the article, he grew up a Flyers fan and cited that Jeff Carter and Daniel Briere were his favorite players growing up. And Velarde said, it's a respect thing. He's done so much in his career. I respect the shit out of him. He's still super fast. He makes a lot of little plays out here that most people don't see. But he also does a great job communicating. And if he says something to you, to me, I'm listening. And it's just... You see that. You see that. You see the chemistry between Velarde and Carter. It's there. And it's awesome to see. It's a lot of fun to see. And it's just, you see that. You see the great communication. You see how well the leadership group is doing with this team. And you just, you see it from all of them. Carter, Brown, Kopitar, Dowdy. You just see it from all of them. And it's awesome to see. You see it in the dynamic duo in Quick and Peterson just the communication between the young guys and the old guys it's awesome to see that the leadership group thriving in this role and it's a great article by Emily Kaplan you should definitely go check it out on ESPN.com this has been episode 27 of season 2 of the King's Den thank you so much for joining us as always don't forget to like rate subscribe and review to not only the kingston but to every other podcast around the hockey podcast network we have a bunch of new podcasts added actually do you know how a couple weeks ago we had a king's realm added which was a second la kings podcast here at the network well we have a bunch of other teams getting second podcasts added i believe the red wings have a second podcast now i believe the blackhawks just got a second podcast so definitely go check them all out and don't forget to like rate subscribe and review to everyone's podcast and also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at the King's Den THPN. Of course, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. Of course, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, so don't forget to follow us on 
Twitter. Uh, don't forget to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. Or on Facebook, just search the Hockey Podcast Network. On YouTube, just search it for all of our great video footage around the network. Or go on Patreon for $1. You can find all of our exclusive content, including After Hours if you missed it live, and so much more. There's big things coming here at the network. We're only continuing to grow and expand, so definitely check everything out because we're only going to get bigger. Oh, and one more thing. A merch store just launched. All tweeted out with the link to this episode. A merch store just launched, so check that out as well. Thank you so much for listening to episode 27 of season 2 of the King's Den. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Be nice to others. And we'll talk to you on Thursday for episode 28 of season 2 of the King's Den.